on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Download the top-rated ball sports app today for the latest odds on weekend GAA action and great money-back offers on every televised championship game. GAA betting with ball sports, bring it on. You're listening to The Throw-In, the GA Championship podcast on independence.ie. Hello, I'm Frank Roach, and on this week's show, is it the end of the road for Tip's fairy tale football journey on Sunday? They face Mayo in the All-Ireland semi-finals, and we'll be talking to David Brady about the big game. Roy Curtis and Martin Brehney go head-to-head over whether this has been of the worst football championships in recent years, while Liam Glynn from Boyle Sports will be with us, uh, offering some value betting for the weekend. But first to Mayo against Tip. Dunica, before the uh, drawn Waterford-Kilkenny game, there was a pretty solid consensus that uh, Waterford had no real chance of, of upsetting them. Uh, and they came that close. Likewise, do you think Tipperary are being dismissed a little bit too easily this weekend? I suppose Tipperary deserve respect on the basis of the body of work they've done this year. But the longer the season goes on, the less likely these shocks and upsets become. You're in an All-Ireland semi-final stage now. Um, Mayo are really experienced, so I just I don't see them getting upset. So in the world, no, I think it's Mayo's to lose this weekend. What do you reckon, Connor? Yeah, it's probably along similar lines. I was looking back over the uh, the record of teams in Tipperary's position before. You know, the the real outsiders to get to All Ireland semi finals and uh, like Wexford in two thousand eight were only I think four points off their own, and Fermanagh only had a couple of points off Mayo in 2004 so like you know with this percep- perception maybe that the the real rank outsiders are going to get hammered in the All-Ireland semi-final but I don't know like they that they are kind of down to the bare bones of a team like with the fellas that they've they've missed like you could argue that the team is actually very well balanced because Liam Cairns was forced into picking this sort of a team but you know I think once they go beyond number 16 and number 17 which they'll which they'll have to do against Mayo over the weekend um, you know their their talent pool is pretty shallow um, and for all that they do well I think Mayo do an awful lot more better David uh, Connor mentioned Fermanagh in 2004 and people in Mayo know all about that I mean you were forced to a second day and came that close perilously close to actually losing on both days you could argue Frank, that's right, and and it's something that you know, even players like Alan Dillon, David Clark, and Andy Moore will uh, will bring up, and I think they should because it's it's the one thing about male football, and it's it's you know every team is different, every decade is different, and every cycle is different. But um, I've always seen where Mayo continuously fail to kind of compete with the lower level teams. You know, you can't you can't quantify how a team can get bet in 2010 by a Longford. They can struggle against, you know, 
teams from Division 2 and 3, but then they can beat the, the likes of, of, of the Dublins, the Currys, the Tyrones in this world when it, when it matters in All-Ireland quarterfinals, semi-finals are, are, are the big games. Um, I just think that uh, the, the name Tipperary um, should be obliterated from the Leo mindset. And it's 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 down to actually what the results, what they have achieved, and the players they have on the pitch. Because if you look at these two teams, they're they're coming from um, uh, you know different perspectives of, of the GEA world, but it's the foundation and the base of it is, is based on exactly the same. Successful minor teams, successful All Ireland teams in the last four or five years, and uh, successful club teams that's reached All Ireland semi-finals and All Ireland finals in the last four or five years. You have a combination of both in each team. Now, experience is is key. If Tipperary go and start like they did against Galway, um, they could be they could be out of sight by half time because they need to believe and feel once the ball is thrown in that they're in the game and they're competitive. If they have ten shots at goal or ten opportunities to score, and they, you know they, they they don't take them in the first ten or fifteen minutes like they did the last day against Galway when Michael Gullivan scored his goal after 16 minutes um, that opportunity mightn't come uh, on the 16th minute from Tipperary so it's important that they get a good start in the game but I honestly believe that um, you know whoever they have or they haven't got they have the momentum and we've seen it in sports whether it's soccer or rugby in the last 12 months that Leicester should never have won a title and Connacht should never have won the Pro 12 but it's 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 we're going from what we've seen in the past and what was what was uh, delivered in the future by them. Teams were totally different. I think Tipperary are delivering that different sort of mentality in football uh, in the 2016 championship. It's kind of stating the obvious a little bit, but the start is vital. I was down at the Munster final for Kerry Tip and Kerry absolutely choked the life out of him the first 15 minutes and Tipperary went away very quickly and they never they were never given the minute to breed. Um, I think the same is true at the weekend. If, if Tipperary find themselves in the game after half time, I think they'll start to grow and believe more, as underdogs tend to do in these scenarios. So, Mayo need to be very professional what they could do, get the first 15, 20 minutes right, and you know, just put all notions of winning this game out of Tipperary's mind. That's what, from their point it, of view. It's an interesting test, too, for Mayo because you know, they have had struggles that fall back over the last few years. Um, you know, obviously Lee Keegan went in and did a job the last day against Sean Cavanagh, but I think in Michael Quinlivan and Conor Sweeney, Tipperary have a much more direct threat, um, and I think they'll go along with diagonal ball in there. Even the only goal chance, the real goal chance that Tyrone had the last day came from that sort of a pass from uh, Matty Donnelly into Conor McCallisky, uh, the shot that was saved by David Clark. And I just wonder, will, I mean, Keegan was great to mark Sean Cavanagh so far as, you know, when Cavanagh dropped deep and Keegan got on the ball, he's a really, really good footballer, but... Um, you know, while Tipperary, I don't expect him to get a huge amount of ball at the weekend and really go after the jugular or Mayo, but it'll be interesting to maybe test out what's going to happen back there because you know that's that's something that if Mayo get over, either Dublin or Kerry will absolutely go after in a big, big way. David, that brings to mind actually the Mayo selection and and I suppose the importance of it this weekend. Do, do you think Kevin Keane maybe recalled with a view to marking Quinlevin that they'll go with a more orthodox fullback? Um. I don't think so, Frank, no. Um, what I, I do think is that Tipperary learned from Tyrone um, that you kicked the bloody ball into the full forward line and Tyrone didn't test Mayo's full back line at any really given stage and a high ball direction they wanted to keep ball. But um, like in, in, the, in the, the last game against Galway, like Tipperary created 10, 
possible goal chances, definitely six or seven. And a lot of that was from long direct ball. And and they're, they're well capable of mixing it, mixing the long ball in. But if Mayo sit back and entice Tipperary on, they're well capable of playing a short and going up through the centre and then... And Tyrone were, were very naive in a lot of the times that where they didn't try and drive through the middle and they got one goal opportunity but I think that there was there was plenty more there opportunities if they, if they just tried to, to vary it a bit more but they were very static and they were very rigid in their game plan and again Mio's game plan we've seen all year has been tweaked um, it is going to be important two starts um, but I do think having Keith Higgins back as an out and out um, cornerback um, have to be done. Uh, it's 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 it, it needed to be done because it didn't him playing as a corner forward or as, as a roving corner corner forward out around the pitch or out around the forty five middle didn't work. Um, Lee Keegan would be instrumental um, because he's one of the best man markers in the uh, country. Would it be suited to Mike Gwilinbin? I think I think himself and, and and Donald Vaughan will have a lot of interchanging. I think Donald Vaughan might be. Suited a lot more when Quinton comes out and tries and gains possession from the uh, temporary kickouts because it's happened time and time again. His two midfielders have switched over to the left hand corner, left hand side, and allows him to come up the middle and contest kickouts. And I think Donny Vaughan will uh, be will, will will pick him up when he comes out to that far. As he comes back deeper, I think uh, Lee Keegan will have an opportunity. And I think a, a positive from a defensive point of view this year also is, is Brendan Harrison in the Mayo full back line. He's matured with every game and he's he's becoming a permanent fixture there and he's he's a good steady pair of hands. Yeah, I was going to ask you, David, are you are you happier with how the, the Mayo game plan has be, has bedded in, obviously against Tyrone, because there's there's been lots of teething issues there with the sweeper system, what exactly players were doing if they were in the right positions, etc. Are you happier with how it's all coming together now? Um, I'll answer that, Frank, by telling you the Mayo team is a lot happier. Um, and they seem a lot more, I suppose, comfortable. I'm more comfortable with it, and they're more comfortable with it because um, it, it it's hard to it's hard to um, you know that system wasn't going to be lurking in the background really. Maybe if it was going to come out in a game against Dublin, or Kerry and Ireland in the final, well, answers that that's the, the the management are more genius than us, but that's not going to be implemented in a day, and it's taken four or five, you know, games to get it right. But it ha- I think they went back to the basics a lot. Kevin McLaughlin is no longer playing as a half forward. He is he is a, a half back who's who sits back and sweeps. And the men that's doing all the work is the likes of Jason Darity and Jeremy O'Connor, who's doing untold amount of running from their forty five back to their own defensive forty five uh, to cover the likes of Kevin McLaughlin sitting back and stepping back. So it'll be um it's not gonna change. And it's they're more comfortable with it because the position in the sense of McLaughlin and Higgins is now more permanent as, as back rather than forwards. And um of all the, the fairy tale I suppose of Tipperary and everything else, the cold light of day is if these boys get ball and they become twenty, thirty percent more accurate because they've been disastrous from their scoring stakes. They've they've, they've only converted thirty in the low thirty, thirty to forty percent of their the scoring opportunities and that's been you know you go when you're winning you don't really focus on that or it's not seen from the outside but I'm sure Liam Cairns is saying guys if we do actually hit song if we do actually play to our potential because they're doing everything right but they're missing a lot of scores and um, 
it's 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 going to be game on, and, and it's, it's going to be no cakewalk. And it never really is um, when you're playing a your team, like, and, and you're the underdog because we don't always love to be the underdog. What about Alan Dillon? Like he, you know, he, the Mayo management started him the last day and a half hour line. You would have thought that he was the sort of player um, that you'd like to finish with on the pitch, particularly in a in a close game, given how well he kind of uses the ball. But um, you know, if you start Alan Dillon, I presume the sacrifice is you know that he's 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 definitely not going to finish the game. Is it just that? The Mayo forward line looks a bit more sure of themselves with Andy Moore and Alan Dillon starting in the alongside, you know, Killian O'Connor and Dermot O'Connor and um, uh, Aidan O'Shea. Because I think between Andy Moore and, and Alan Dillon, they're probably not going to get you a huge amount of scores, even though, you know, Moore and get wins a huge amount of ball and, and Dillon's, you know, use of possession is very, very good. You're, you're kind of putting it up to those three to, to get you, what, five or six points on average between them or each. Yeah, you know, but that's going to be key. And. What, what, when you're implementing <clears throat> a game plan as such, you need patience, you need maturity, and you need experience. And them two players that you mentioned there, Alan Dillon and Andy Moore, have that in buckets. They, and, and the way Alan Dillon, he, he probably was probably one of the most um, intelligent footballers I ever played with. He, he his, you know, and, and the, it was kind of enticing to say, you know what, I have the ball, I have time on the ball, will I, won't I? Alan Dillon didn't kick it in. He kept possession. He kept forcing the Tyrone half back out that little bit deeper. Um, he didn't. He didn't kick ball away. And, and and possession is king when you're playing at this level at a quarter final or semi final level. No matter what the name of the team is, they have they have reached that 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 goal or that stage where they're good enough and they're playing as well as, as any other teams in the, in the country in the top four. But it is it is key. Now you know there is miles in the clock, but I, I'd rather. Um, the likes of Alan Dillon maybe finishing uh, against Tipperary rather than starting because it is going to be it is going to be a different game plan. They're coming up against an attacking team, and uh, I think a great a great move by the middle management the last day was when Tyrone put a, took off McMahon and put on a runner on Alan Dillon. Seven minutes later, they come out and they bring Tom Parsons on at midfield, and they're going right. Our objective to run the legs of Alan Dillon is not going to work. What do we do now in Plan B? And it, it, it questioned Tyrone at every every opportunity. I think Alan Dillon. It's not about you know Alan Dillon wanted to play the full game, the start or the end. He wants to be part of the success, success in your team. And I think that's that's going to be key. How the the older players and he's definitely going to be start. He, he's created a lot of room inside, and uh, nine times out of ten, the ball is kicked in there. He wins it, and it's not fifty fifty ball. He makes great runs. He makes six or seven runs. To make the decision on the final run, and he, he he's a good link man between Killing and O'Connor and Aidan uh, O'Shea sweeping around him. The longevity of those two boys is, is incredible. Like in fairness to them, you know, just looking at the 2012 team here, Alan started that day when they're beaten by Donegal in the final, and uh, Andy Moore, I think, had just done his knee. His I think the, uh, the day before the game before that. And if you had to say after that final that they'll be back in 2016 in the semi final, the two lads are still going to be very central to what to do now, whether the start or come on or whatever but they're still going to be very central to what to do you'll be sort of saying well if you know those guys are probably it's time maybe for them to move on and give someone else a chance but there they are they're still there and they're still very important to what Mayo do it's a, it's a credit to them Moran won a lot of ball the last day and he was very impressive against Tyrone but you just got the sense that the way Tyrone defended they kind of they give you the outside like they, they kind of give you the corner and if that's where you're going to run into and win it they'll just make sure that they block off the middle it's about the lads coming through off that ball because I don't think Andy Moran is going to turn any cornerback in the country really now and go past him and score a goal 
Um, you know, they do need that the runs coming from midfield and their half forward line to take the ball off him because you know if he runs in the corner he wins the ball and he has to take a hop or a solo you're kind of in a little bit of trouble there you know you know that's how these sort of attacks get clogged up very quickly his but presence I'm too I think just takes a little bit of pressure off if it's Killian inside or maybe if Aidan O'Shea moves inside I think it does take a little bit of pressure off if if you as you say maybe he's just getting the ball to stick mm. inside mm. the scoring zone but it just means that that's one that Killian and Aidan don't have to do the other thing, David, is that we might see a lot more of Dermot O'Connor the next day. I mean, he clearly wasn't match fit the last day, but Stephen Rochford at the Mayo Press Night last week was saying he was back in full training and he was confident he'd be he'd be going at full pelt this weekend. And like he's he's a guy who can offer real penetration coming from deep, isn't he? He can. Um, you know, I was I was kind of disappointed to see him on the pitch for so long the last year because I myself said, you know what, with twenty five minutes to go, his legs were gone. He put in a massive, massive amount of work. And uh, I thought to my own management when they did ask him, was he okay? And he said, yeah, that was their time to take him off because they had it in their mind. We're doubtful. But you never ask a player in the middle of Crow Park if he's okay. It's up to the management to make that decision. And they left him on with only about six or seven minutes to go. And I thought, hopefully he didn't pick up an injury. I thought he did, but he definitely cramped up. Um, So I, I, I do think that McLaughlin now playing an orthodox back roll that is probably putting a lot of more work away from goal and, and Jim and O'Connor I, I don't know does that suit him we've seen him playing well all year when he's been on the 40 35 30 yard line but the vast majority of the time he was back on his own 30 35 yard line so I think that's probably taken away a bit from his attacking um, positives but um, the game under his belt is definitely going to stand to him and um, uh, and I suppose just on one a point the boys were making there, we, we you know, some teams do allow possession in the corners, but the one thing with Andy Moore and we've seen it and I think we'll see more of it on Sunday, is that his intuition to know where to be under Aidan O'Shea in front twenty yards from goal when the high ball comes in. We've seen it it didn't happen enough. Um, but I think we'll see it happening more that he will be the 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 intelligence under Aidan O'Shea on the breaking ball or getting the link pop pass left or right, unopposed, the way that um, the way that he plays. And it's, it's kind of funny. Usually you see players towards the twilight of the career petering out or the flame beginning to die. But I, I, I still see I still see the likes of Dylan and Moore, and as we said, has been pivotal and uh, as fresh as ever. Definitely in the mind. And that's 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 a big that's a big asset to a Mayo team that has introduced two or three um, younger players into the panel and the team this year. David, I presume that flame will never die so long as they're still chasing the that Celtic cross. But just uh, from a tip perspective, we shouldn't forget them completely. And we were talking earlier about Michael Quinlivan and Connor Sweeney. Are there any other players in that setup who've really stood out for you this summer? Um, well, I suppose uh, Brian Fox has, has, has definitely he he's the workhorse. Mm. Um, he's the one that does a lot of the the, the unseen work, and uh, he's, he's a pivotal link. I think. Curry did kind of see this that the likes of him coming through the middle and the short pop and ball where they kind of had a, a drift defence where they only um, kind of engaged around the 40-45 yard line kind of cut out a lot of that sweeping you know on your half forward coming back sweeping and um, it's it, it's you know it's it's not an individual it's not an individual effort for um, from Tipperary but uh, it's 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 definitely it's definitely if you look at Quinlan inside he scored a vast majority of them. You have to we all have to focus on 
you know, every player. But the reality is that Quinlan is key. If he if he is held, um, if he is more or less curtailed to the, to a lot less degree where he's been um, he's been to the foreign games. But I think a big thing for Mayo is that they need to lessen their, their tackle count, their free count. Um, Mayo nearly considers more frees. You can blame a referee, but Mayo nearly considered more frees in the game against Tyrone than the com- combination of the uh, the quarterfinal with Dublin and, and, and Johnny Gall. Like, Mayo scored, I think, it was nearly 23, 25 frees conceded against them. Quindle so that is... That, that is going. That is going to going to going to play in the mind that um, if 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 Tipperary can um, can convert some of the the, the frees that are given now, they're very tactical frees from you know, Not in all of them. They're not all within thirty five or forty yards. But they need to lessen their free count um, if they're going to if they're going to um, try and curtail and, and starve. Um, uh, Tipperary of, of of scores and confidence. Yeah, Kevin O'Halloran as well is a fella who. Uh, like he doesn't look like an inter-county footballer we interviewed him a few weeks ago but his free taking is absolutely exceptional um, it has been all year and he's one of the players that you know so much has been made of the fellas that Tipperary haven't had this year you know the 8 or the 10 of them for various different reasons like Ian Fahey would have absolutely have been Tipperary starting centre half forward or failing that it would have been Barry Grogan and both of those players opted off the panel uh, and Kevin O'Halloran has been one of the stars for them this year and I think the same thing like Stephen O'Brien the football people in Tipperary bemoan an awful lot of fact that Stephen O'Brien switched to the hurlers and hasn't played for them at all this year. But like when he moved out, he would have been an absolute cert to start in midfield. But like a big man catching ball over his head, like as we've seen, you know, from different, it's, it might not be the best option. This and this year, uh, Liam Cairns pushed um, Peter Atchison into midfield from wing back, and he's been a huge player for them. Like just taking one ball, of the best midfielders in the country. I think, yeah, 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 he's like just as a completely different sort of player. Um, and a different, completely different sort of midfielder. He takes the ball into contact. He, you know, he he gives you a bit of penetration past that first line of tacklers, and he can take scores as well. And the other thing as well, Colin O'Reardon, as we all know, is probably one of the, is probably the best temporary footballer around, and is in Australia. But Bill Maher is another player yeah. who came back from the. He spent the league with the hurlers, didn't get a game, came back for the championship. And as an attacking wing back, he's been absolutely exceptional. So even without the players that they're missing, like the fellas who have come in. Uh, like you couldn't imagine the team without those guys now, but you know, you know, had those players not left for all their various different reasons, uh, none of those players would be in the team. Another one worth mentioning is Josh Keane. He was playing under twenty one hurling mm. this summer as well, and he was double jobbing. But his engine is absolutely incredible, along with Bill Maher. And the two boys get through so much work. He actually reminds me a little bit of Donica Walsh in that the more you, I've seen Tipperary a couple of times this year, and the more you see him, the more you realise what he does, and he just. He's popping up in the same places and doing the same things in the first minute as he is in the 69th minute. So um, they've loads of really sort of effective, fo- effective footballers mm-hmm. and they work very well together. The keeper is very good as well. Evan, Evan Comfort was brilliant. I'd say if you were doing, a, if you were doing your All-Star nominations this year now, partly because some of the other teams have had problems with goalkeepers up to this point, but Evan Comerford, I'd say, would probably be neatly in behind Stephen Cluxton in goals. He's a, we haven't seen him very much in terms of shot stopping, but his distribution is excellent. We kind of um, we kind of touched on it at the, at the very start, but um, uh, Quinlevin and uh, Comerford have a great understanding when it comes to kickouts. Quinlevin is one of those unusual fellas who, when he moves out around midfield, he can be just as effective as mm. he is in near the goals. He has, can have that much of an influence on the game. But Comerford's kickouts are excellent, and I saw him against Waterford in the opening match. Uh, of the Munster Championship and if you had to tell me then that there'd be an All-Ireland semi-final now I think they led that game 8-6 at half time mm. 
and were far from impressive. And uh, here they are. So it's been learning on the hoof. It just shows how you can learn through, you know, through the back door. Like if a team gets a bit of momentum going, they can they can make huge strides. Uh, for once, Mayo have been one of those teams. David, finally, do you think they're going to be back in September? Still, still chasing the dream. Yes, uh, I do. Um, and it's 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 not going to be odd. Oh, look at them; we're always going to win that. They're going to be testers, um, but more so, I think they're going to have another game under their belt. Um, how often have we talked, dissected, us and um, had had you know inquisitions on what Mayo what went wrong for Mayo? But the majority of the times we've talked about it and they've talked about it and it's happened, it's been in the first or third Sunday of September. Where do you put it right? You have three or four months that it's forgotten about. It's not live. It's not It's not real in front of you to say, you know what, this is what we need to do and we have another chance next week. And that's what we all have created this year. Um, not in, in unintentionally, but they've created a chance to say, you know what, let's get this right. Let's tweak it. It didn't work. Let's change it. This is what we need to do. And that's that's the process that they've, they've started on after the defeat against Galway. And I think they've, in their own mind, it's a positive to them because... Um, Mio have never really reached this stage before. Uh, we actually haven't. We've lost, you know, quarter final was the, was, the, was the furthest we ever got in a backdoor in a backdoor campaign. So now they're at a, a new level. It's a new, I suppose, it's a new ground because they've, they they have more confidence because it, it's it's developed and you can see it. Mio weren't excited or delighted to win an Ireland quarter final. They were relieved, relieved from a player's perspective to say, you know what, I'm back. We're back. We have confidence. We'll, they'll gather a lot from that. And uh, I do see they've been in the All Ireland final um, on the third Sunday of September um, with a, with a, after a battle that they won't get much praise or recognition for because it was oh yeah it was Tipperary. But uh, from my mind, Tipperary is a good football team and they'll be competitive. But Mayo will uh, will overcome it and be in a final as underdogs. Where I think they will. They will uh, they, they savor a lot more than than being favourites coming into this game on Sunday. Great stuff, David. Thanks a million for joining us on the show. And still to come. Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised championship match is a goal. Download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details. GAA betting with Ball Sports, bring it on. But now in the throw in, Roy Curtis and Martin Brehany go head to head. And this week they're arguing whether this has been one of the worst football championships in recent years. There's, there's elements of Euro 2016. We've had some lovely fairy tale stories with the likes of Tipperary and Clare, Longford winning games. But there's been an absence of real quality. There's been an apathy. We see the attendances. I mean, a Leinster final where the upper tiers of Crow Park weren't even open. This, the, the Munster final, very small attendance. OK, that was because Cork weren't there, the traditional rivals. But I have yet to have a get-out-of-my-seat moment, something that really captivates and thrills. Well, I wouldn't so much say a living memory. I'll go back to, I'll offer you 2010 as, as a far worse All-Ireland Championship when the four provincial finalists, or four provincial winners were all beaten. And uh, I think history showed afterwards how, how the rest of them did subsequently. But I, I, I must say I don't, I don't agree at all. I mean, you see, Dublin's dominance in Leinster is definitely is, is, a, is a negative for the overall championship. But... I think Ulster was, was a good championship. Uh, Tipperary winning, and that added something to it. Galway beating Mayo in, in out west. Uh, I, 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 I think there have been, Royce has had many great standout moments. 
I'm not so sure there's been any any different to any other year. The big the big issue is that that Dublin's dominance. But now we're going to see Dublin tested, obviously from now on. So I think it, it, it that will add to it, that will greatly. And I I I think it's 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 by no means um, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a reasonable chapter because you mentioned Roy there about the quality no standout moment. But like what what. Is 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 a great is a great season when games are close, or a great season when you see a lot of standout moments, maybe one sided games. I mean, I just think that a lot of, that we had quite a lot of close games right. and a lot of upsets. Which if, you know the- if you look um, at two of the games that have been most talked about, we had the Galway Roscommon uh, Connacht final. Yes, it was close. Yes, it was a draw. Um, the stat that came out afterwards that the game had more hand passes than a rugby match. Um, the Ulster the Ulster final was epic in terms of the intensity and there was a real crescendo in the finish. I mean, there were some brilliant scores at the end, Sean Cavanagh and Peter Hart. But as a neutral for huge periods, I found it hard to watch. I found that Connacht final game almost impossible to watch. And I wanted these games to be good. I, was, I, was, I had an emotional involvement. I know Liam McHale well, so I wanted them to do well. But it was just the quality of fair. I think we these games are being governed by caution, by fear, by conservatism. It's about not losing rather than winning, and I think that's taking from it. Yeah, absolutely. But we, we and we debated this before about the hand pass, for instance, and we dealt with that. And you're right; there's no doubt whatsoever about about the uh, the sort of games we're getting. But you've got to say, well, right? How entertaining is the championship? And it's still okay. The the, the Gowers common game. I mean. If anybody who ever played in Pierce Stadium on a, on, a, on a wet day is never. I mean, it's it's a pretty miserable place to be when it's on a wet day. But you know, I, I think overall, it's it's there's, there have been enough surprises in the championship. Longford beating down, Longford beating Man. We've I think we've had nine teams beating each other at higher. At higher. That has added. We haven't had that in, in recent years, for instance. So I think it's. I think you're being a bit harsh to to, to describe it as a, as a worse than living memory. As I said, there have been those great fairy tale stories. The Iceland for Iceland and Wales and Northern Ireland. You have the Longford, um, the Clare, the Tipperary, but. And perhaps our memories, there have been many, many grim games and championships, but I also think there's a game or two that sets the whole thing in motion, that creates momentum. But you're saying it's the worst in living memory. I mean, is there any worse in the last few years? I mean, what's the, where's the big difference? I, I haven't had a moment that's got me excited so far, and I think there would have been something that really got me going, and I haven't had that yet. No, I think this is a reasonable championship, better than quite a few, and as I say... 2010 is only six years ago. That was a pretty dreadful one. You have to agree. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I, d- I don't think it was any way exceptional. Although, by the time August and September came, I thought the, the finish to the 2010 final, for example, was, was fairly epic. And that gave us something to look back at. And um, Cork took, took some incredible scores at the end, O'Connor, Goulding. And I thought that maybe elevated it. But you're right. That 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 uh, if it's a close game, obviously it's it's, it's always better. Even, even the quality isn't great. It's obviously far more interesting than, than we than than if it's a one-sided game with one team playing at a very high level. We've had quite a lot of close games this year. You said the quality hasn't been great, but they have been interesting. That match in the Connacht final, for instance, it, it might have a lot of negative aspects, but it was a bloody close game. It finished uh, couldn't finish any closer. I suppose I'm governed as well. We're all from somewhere. I'm I'm from Dublin, and they'd be the team that I would support. And I used to wake on the day of big games, worried about the outcome, nervous. Now you're going to games and you know they're going to win. But that's and a different it, argument. It, it is, no, I, yeah. I, I accept that. When I say the worst in memory, it's the worst in terms of it hasn't, it hasn't had that X factor. Connor, we're going to ask you to be judge and jury on that one. What do you think? Has it been that poor a football championship? Yeah, I think it's been pretty rubbish, to be honest with you. I think there was enough. Like, we spent so much time immersed in the... 
it's like the provincial championships and they're just so pedestrian and we have so few decent matches and like it, it was highlighted even more coming out of Torless last Saturday night after Waterford and Kilkenny it was one of those genuinely brilliant championship nights that you're just energised by uh, and there has not been one of those so far this year in the football championship and even like there's so much dross and then by the time you get to the All-Ireland semi-finals or the All-Ireland quarter-finals like you know the Mayo-Tyrone game was at least exciting but there wasn't really anything else there and you know <laughs> the teams that gave us a bit of hope say Galway after beating Mayo they flopped in a big way against Tipperary and Clare brilliant achievement to get there but you know their match against Kerry was, was absolutely no crack whatsoever really, have, so. have Tipperary not rescued it to an extent though with their victories over Cork and, and then the last against they Galway they have done but like you have to look at Cork and Galway as well like Cork are going through a bad time uh, and they have been for a while and Galway's record in Crow Park is absolutely diabolical so um, no I can't give them that one if they put it up to Mayo this weekend uh, on Sunday well then we'll talk again but at this moment in time I have to say there's been nothing to capture the imagination in the football championship Donica the, the hurling season some people say has been literally come to life over the last couple of weeks I heard that three semi-finals TV, yeah but like come to life we're at the All-Ireland final now like Jesus if it's not coming oh, to life by the All-Ireland final yeah but this is we kind of like it's no more than the All-Star selection we tend to gloss over everything that happened the first four months of the season until then it comes to the semi-finals and we've the big teams playing each other and we're interested all of a sudden it's no, it's been a pretty poor summer, it's the only way to call it. And is there any way that after our two football semi-finals we'll be revising our opinion? Well, even if we are, we probably shouldn't revise it to the degree we do. Like, you know, there's, as Connor says, been an absolute dross nearly in every game. Bar, Tipperary's run, Clare's run, everything else has been pretty much as expected. There's um, been no even football, like, there's no teams that Tipperary play a nice brand of game, like their matchup. Uh, their game in Derry in the quarterfinals was a bit of a belter, like you know, like teams went slogging at it. But there's been nothing particularly inventive. Like we're in, like we talk about cycles in terms of dominance, but cycles in terms of styles, you know, like Gaelic football is, especially at inter county level, it's one of the great copycat sort of territories. Like no, no sooner Kieran Donaghy got into full forward than every manager around was, and no more than quicker than Stephen Cluxon kicked the All-Ireland winner in 2011 as every goalkeeper was taking freeze. And now everybody is copying this style and the top teams are coming out the far end of that now at this stage. Um, but at the moment, like everybody is just seeing this as the way forward. So even from the point of view of, you know, I mean, I don't think we should necessarily go around re- rebuking managers for trying to do what they think is best but like there's nothing particularly exciting or inventive going on in terms of styles and what we're having therefore is a lot of pretty pedestrian matches yeah it's one size fits all which just doesn't uh, you have to tailor that stuff specifically to the players you have and a lot of fellas are just getting the yellow pack version of it we're getting very depressed listening to all this but listen maybe Liam Glynn from Boyle Sports can lift the mood uh, Liam, you join us here now and we're going to look at some of the GA bets for the weekend. Kind of looking forward to this match, but um, I definitely agree with you on that. The, the football championship has been a, a very dull this year um, compared to the Hurland championship when you've seen that. Uh, both both semi-finals last weekend in the Hurland, they, they really were spectacular to watch and anybody who's never watched the game before is certainly be wanting to watch a game of Hurland after last weekend's matches. Right, now we're, we're, we've only one match, of course, to focus on this weekend, the All-Ireland semi-final between Mayo and Tip. Uh, where's the money going? Yeah, Mayo Red Hot favourites. They're two to nine to progress to the final. A draw, twelve to one, and Tipperary. They're four to one outsiders in the two horse race. Um, it's been quite a remarkable year for Tipperary, uh, dominating hurling and football. Um, but literally, uh, punters can't see uh, 
Mayo slipping up in this one. The handicap is five points in this game. Mayo minus five, even money. If you fancy Tipperary with the plus five advantages, even money. And the draw in the handicap is 10 to one. Just we have a, a market on the name, the finalists, and um, the most uh, popular bet at the moment is just trading odds on it's four to six at Dublin, a Mayo final. A Kerry and Mayo final is currently five to two. Will Kerry be able to manage to beat the Dubs um, on Sunday week? Who knows? Dublin versus Tipperary at 11 to two. And if you fancy the two outsiders to reach the final, Kerry and Tipperary, that's currently at 14 to one. And in the outright betting, it's all about Dublin retaining the Sam Maguire trophy. They're currently three to four and the largest. Uh, anti-post loser for us by a mile we'll take any of the other three uh, remaining teams to, to win the Sam Maguire apart from Dublin Mayo at 9-4 Kerry at 9-2 and if you do fancy Tipperary they're 28-1 mm, 28 tempted well maybe not finally Liam we're, we're going to take uh, hopefully take some of your money off you this week in our, our 50 euro charity bet so I'm going to ask Donica here first where we're putting our money yeah it's a tricky week there's um there's only obviously the one game to go on and um, we can't really decide where the value is and that. So we're going for something a little bit different this week. We're going for Killian O'Connor, um, first goal scorer. Um, he's at 9-2. to two. You're going for something different, Killian O'Connor, to score a goal for me, are you? Well, I'll tell you when we collect next week, you'll see if you're laughing. <laughs> How invented above you. <laughs> but uh, Killian, obviously, one, he's on the penalties, two, that he's going to spend the majority of his time close to goal. So um, um, we reckon he's a pretty solid bet. Um, so we're going for a 50 on Killian for a first goal scorer. And the odds on that, uh, maybe Liam has them? Well, Dunnick, he's currently 9-2 to to score the first goal, but I'll boost out 6-1 to one for the charity. Lovely. Oh, Thanks, Liam. Good. Well, it looks a bit our bet now. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Liam, what are, what, what, what are your thoughts or where, you're putting, where are you putting your money? Yeah, well, as you mentioned, it's a very tricky game to find, try and uh, find a bit, a bit of a bet, bet with value with. Um, the odds being uh, very short and only one match to pick from. But I'm going um, for Andy Moore to score a goal at any time. He's 10 to 1 to score the first goal of the game, but I think um, Andy Moran will score a, game, a goal during the game. I mean, not the first goal, and he's currently 7 to 2. I think this game is going to see a good few goals, um, and I think Mayo are going to uh, win this by a nice little margin. So Andy Moran to score a goal at any time is 7 to 2. Great stuff, Liam, and we'll chat to you again next week. Thanks for joining us on the show. Talk to you soon, lads. That's it from the throw in this week. My thanks to David Brady, Liam Glynn, Donica Boyle, and Conor McKeown. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes and we'll be back next Thursday for more from the Championship. Ball Sports will refund all losing in play bets if the last score of your televised Championship match is a goal. Download the Ball Sports app or get in store today for full details. GAA betting with Ball Sports, bring it on.